Audio. My name is Server Strong Kigglebot on Twitter, and I'm here with return guest um, at Scarlet Miracle. It's my friend uh, Scar. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Um, been busy trying to look for a job while also trying to like do things that I actually care about. So that's always fun, but. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's one of those balances, right, where where every time you do something you care about, you're immediately thinking like I probably could be looking for a job right now. Um and then when you're looking for a job, you're like, "Ah, oh, this was supposed to be the time I could do what I care about." <laughs> yeah, like having a job sucks, but at least like it's, you know, there's like set hours, but like looking for a job, it's like you could theoretically like spend every waking hour looking for another for your new job before you get it, but you have to yeah. like find the right, you know. <laughs> well, and it's it's one of those things where you're. I mean, job hunting is such a, you know, people will. I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like the, I feel like when when you get like the the kind of hot takes online about job hunting when they're like job hunting sucks because i have to spend three hours making a cover letter for every job like people <laughs> people sort of like mistake the actual problems of job hunting with these like very strange um uh exaggerations because of course like it does suck to have to make a uh cover letter and stuff like that. Like that's no fun, but really it's just the, it's just the stress of like, okay, I found another one. I have to do this again. Like the, the, the killing blow of every single time it's like 25 minutes, 25 minutes, 25 minutes, 25 minutes. It's so demoralizing. It sucks. So I'm sorry you have, you have to do that. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, I've been, been making some video stuff. I've been streaming. I've been, what have you been streaming recently? Um, I've streamed some just like various you know, like a variety kind of thing. Like I've been streaming Vampire. I've been streaming oh, cool. uh, Parasite Eve. Um, I'm gonna be looking at some point in the near future to start streaming Endwalker um, because I didn't want to try and stream that when it was brand new. And you know, I had bad experiences playing Shadowbrinker near launch because between the queue times and then like nobody knew how to do any of the content yet. So like I think. I had to oh. try like six times to clear Titania or whatever that, that boss was called. So I decided to just so, wait. It took me so long to actually log into Endwalker. At this point, it's really easy. But like at the beginning, it was such a slog. Um, and like I, I know they, you know, they they actively fixed it up. But yeah, for for streaming purposes, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> But we're not here to talk about streaming. We're here to talk about, uh, so you, you approached me with this idea, and I was actually really interested in it um, because uh, it, it's about something that I feel is kind of like a a bit of a benighted, um, I don't know, like a bit of a benighted uh, genre in horror, uh, something that people have, have moved away from even, even as it becomes kind of like more ubiquitous and maybe even more relevant. Um, and I'm interested in thinking about why that is and, and, and what, what we can make of it. Uh, and this sort of seems where you're at too, um, is the zombie. We're going, we're going to be talking about zombies. Um, so what interests you about zombies? What, what sort of, uh, caught your eye about, about the, this topic in particular in thinking about like all the, like the potential monsters that you could, uh, cover within, within the genre of horror? Oh, well, just in general, I'm a big fan of horror. And I think horror in general kind of gets like um, 
underappreciated in analytical circles a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm sure when you did your English PhD, you didn't read a whole lot of horror. No, I mean, the most you end up reading is gothic horror. Um, I, I feel like y- you can you can you can kind of get some horror in there if you focus on genre fiction. Um, but, you know, outside of your your kind of classic uh, uh, post-apocalyptic stories or, um, you know, Frankenstein, Dracula, uh, the, 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 the sort of classics of the genre, mostly, yeah, you don't you don't end up reading a lot. Yeah, and um, more specifically, um, on your 200th episode, you mentioned um, T. Lao Tzu, which at one point was kind of the hot topic, and now it's just kind of there in the space forever, and we just have to deal with that. Um, Yes. When you mentioned that, it made me start thinking about zombies again, specifically, and I think it's it's a genre that has like, or like a subgenre, I guess, that has like a massive cultural relevance because it kind of always mirrors whatever the current era is, is you know, fears. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like, it just puts a magnifying glass on the era that it's in. Um, and also, I just think video games do a weird job with zombies when you compare it to like literature and movies. Yeah. It, you know, you're right. And like, because like, Movies, uh, I mean, literature is, is another weird, um, another weird culprit in zombie fiction, although maybe less so after World War Z. Um, but I feel like, you know, like I, I, I taught for a while, um, Colson Whitehead's, um, uh, zone one, which uh, honestly, I love Colson Whitehead. I think, um, John Henry days is a, is a legitimately brilliant novel, um, probably worth Anyone listening, read it if you haven't. Um, and and the the uh, the intuitionist is really good too. Those are the other two I've read. Um, Zone one, not really all that good. It's fine. It's 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 kind of just pedestrian. Um, sorry, Colson, uh, if you're listening right now, which you aren't, but that's you know. It's, but but the thing is, like, the reason it's pedestrian is because it relies way too much on zombie tropes and like way too much on like his one sort of uh, uh, subversion of zombie tropes, which is particularly this idea that, you know, the zombies, um, the zombies in his book represent sort of like economic uh, alienation as opposed to sort of like alienation from anything else. It's, it's a, it's a literalization of what happens in like, say uh, Dawn of the Dead. But like, you know, what's weird about this, right. Is, Film does this in such an allegorical and effective way all the time um, and, and and switches its focus so much. I feel like you're absolutely right that literature and video games have a harder time doing this. Although I'd be curious as to your thoughts as to why video games have a harder time with doing this in the sort of like uh, not not mechanical or rote, but like more sort of like reliable way, let's say that that film does. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think it'd be easier if I started by talking about film and then I could transition to talking about games. So, and even before that, I kind of want to just give a nod to the fact that zombies as a concept, we took that from Haitian uh, religious practices. Yeah, definitely. Um, it is. And, and if you're interested in this and you haven't already, you should definitely read about it because I'm not like an expert. Um, but so like voodoo, V-O-D-O-U, was a syncretic religion formed after the Haitian Revolution. Um, it involved Western Central African religions and Roman Catholicism. And because Roman Catholicism had been enforced on those people by their, the colonialists who enslaved them. Right. Um, and then voodoo, V-O-O-D-O-O, was the way that we spelled it when 
in the United States when we used it to instill fear in mostly racist white people about those groups, <laughs> like the African diaspora who practiced them. Right. And then when the U.S. occupied Haiti in 1915, that's when a lot of their cultural ideas, especially the zombie, made its way over here. Um, so we got the first zombie film in 1932, which was White Zombie. And even though that is a horrible racist mess, it kind of like started the whole train. Yeah, I think this is like this is a really interesting point, because one of the things I was thinking about in, um, you know, in preparation for this episode was the ways in which uh, zombie tropes differ from um uh, vampire tropes and, and you know the, the the things aren't always like thought of together but the idea that um you know vampires steal your blood which of course like is is like most notably related to your heart um in order to take it and live your life instead of you living your life right like they steal your very livelihood um Sort of like there's 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 financialization, particularly in Stoker's version. Um, I would say that Stoker is not a particularly anti-Semitic version, but I could be convinced otherwise. Um, but there is like there is sort of like an, a, a bit of an anti-Semitic anti-Semitic uh, approach there you could take. Um, however, zombies steal your your brains, right? Like <laughs> like this is like the thing the thing that 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 you use to think that you use to to reason. And they steal it simply for sustenance and and leave you dead and them no more uh, wise for it. Right. So they, they, they differ from vampires in this way. But of course, vampires are a purely, um, you know, European creation uh, and oh, maybe not purely. I don't know. I don't know the whole history. If someone wants to correct me, I would love to hear it. Um, but uh, you're absolutely right. Zombies are absolutely not. So the the difference there and, and even sort of like the intensification of the the dullness of the uh, the stupidity of the zombie has that racialized uh, edge to it. Mm, yeah, my understanding, and this is me going even further into territory I'm not an expert on, but um, the idea of the zombie as it was understood in Haiti originally was that it was um, if you killed yourself, you would become, rather than dying of natural causes, you would become a zombie and then would not be able to escape your enslavement. And then later it turned into, there was, um, I can't think of, remember what they were called, but there was some kind of magical practitioner. This was after the Haitian Revolution that turned people into zombies. And okay. so before the revolution, it was like very heavily about their own enslavement. And then after that, it kind of became like a metaphor for their past enslavement where there's like, like literally a person who turns you into a, a, a slave, like a mindless zombie. Um, yeah. So there's like a whole bunch of cultural elements to why the people who originally came up with these ideas did them. And then we just kind of took that and slowly removed it from that context until it became what it is today. You know, it's interesting because, you know, one of the things I'm super interested in, in thinking about horror, is something that I, I covered a lot in the book, um, uh, is like this idea that, um, you know, horror is, a, is like typically kind of a reflection of, um, you know, the anxieties of a, of a society at its given period of time. But of course, like what, what you're pointing out, and I think, I think it's a really good point is that like the, this also kind of dovetails with the historically, um, sedimented experience of faith and like, and and cultural knowledge and, and things that are sort of like 
less genre specific than than horror sort of like much more serious and much more sort of like socially shared than than we think of zombies or vampires or whatever um yeah i think like i think the i don't know like i think that's that's a really interesting and fraught way of thinking about it and of course like the fact that we then you know simplified it to the point that like it is, oh, it's about consumerism or it's about this or about it's about that. It's its own sort of complicated mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I do think like that is why I generally do find like zombie, the history of zombie media interesting is because you can kind of like look at it and say like, <clears throat> okay, well, King of the Zombies is a pilot crashes in the Caribbean and there's a spy who's using zombies to get war intelligence um, from the U.S. And so that the, you know, that still has some of that voodoo element to it too. But the main fear in that one is like related to World War II because that was the era where mm. that was written. Um, the Earth Dies Screaming came out in the 60s during the space race. We had a lot of stuff from that era, like 2001, that was all about like fear of the unknown in space. And that was one of them where aliens come to Earth and turn people into zombies. Um, right. And, and then of course, like the more sort of like recognizable ones, like the Romeros, um, you know, Night of the Living Dead is sort of clearly a, its own sort of like commentary on race um and and the the sort of like suburbanization of of america and and bringing people together what that counts as and mm-hmm. then dawn of the dead of course famously takes place in a mall and yeah and is is clearly about consumerism literally has like the scene at the end where the zombies are mindlessly wandering through the mall and it's like the most <laughs> hand-fisted visual metaphor but i love it i've, I've met writers who use subtext and they're all cowards <laughs> Yeah, like Night of the Living Dead is um, takes place during the civil was was made during the civil rights movement. Came out shortly after MLK's assassination. There's a black man who has a whole bunch of like racial tension scenes with the other characters throughout the movie, and then at the end he's the last survivor. But then he walks out of the barn and is immediately killed by a white police officer. Like it's right, yeah. You know. it, it's a it's a really like I, I was I was uh you know I was listening to a, a podcast I really love called um, Night at the Death Factory with uh, with Sean McTiernan and astrid uh, rose who are uh, critics i really like and they were talking about um uh rob zombies halloween and halloween 2 and the way that uh, halloween 2 definitely sort of like revert well halloween as well but like both kind of reverse the idea of like the the catharsis that comes with being the final girl who gets to like you know kill the slasher or whatever and i think night of the living dead does this too in that like you get to see this man survive after this horrifying ordeal and then he is killed in such like an and like it an obviously sort of like racially a uh, motivated kind of like, you know, taking the taking the excuse of a zombie outbreak to, to do something terrible way. Mm-hmm. It, it gives you zero catharsis. It's like it's fascinating it from a from such an early horror film to subvert what we see in the genre later on. Yeah. So then um, then we have the 80s and the 90s and we have Ebola and AIDS and AVE influenced SARS. And that's when we start to think of the zombie not as, you know, the result of some scary mysticism, but as contagion, like a biological contagion. Um, and fortunately, I guess for video games, that's the era where video game zombies started to become prevalent. So um, we at least avoided yeah. having too many video games about, you know, how scary those people's um, practices are <laughs> over there, you know. Yeah, outside of, you know, your your Resident Evil's five and six, the, the unfortunate... Yeah moments in that series yeah yeah but so then we get like you know 28 days later um my personal favorite zombie movie is train to Busan. um we get world war z um 
So now, well, can you talk a little bit about your favorite? Why is it? Why is it your favorite? Well, I think Train to Busan does kind of the best version of what I think every one of these zombie movies is doing, which is that the zombies aren't, I mean, they represent some kind of like specific fear that we have, but they're not the important part of the movie. The important part of the movie is the people in that situation and how they respond, right? So some spoilers for Train to Busan if you haven't seen that, because that's like the most recent movie I'm going to be talking about. Um, unfortunately, Trevor, you don't get to, to skip ahead, but... <laughs> That's okay. I've uh, I've evolved beyond spoilers. I've become I've I've, <laughs> I've ascended. <laughs> so, Train to Busan stars a father who is a some kind of finance stock person. I forget the, his exact job title. Whose child wants to be taken to Busan for the day to visit their mother. I, I believe it is. And okay. he first doesn't even want to, you know, take her. And then over the course of the movie. He, he goes from being kind of like this this conceited asshole who doesn't care about other people to people kind of knock that lesson into him. And he eventually starts to realize that, like, it's better if we work together. But then there's this other guy who's an even higher ranking asshole in some kind of, you know, he's like a chief executive or whatever. And he's just killing other people, getting other people killed left and right to try and save his own ass. Um, and Parasite got really popular, but that was the first really good South Korean movie I saw that was super anti-capitalist, okay? <laughs> I was mm. trying to Busan. Um, but yeah, so... That's interesting. Yeah, that's great. It's just a really good example of, like, what I think zombie movies do really well, which is they focus on the people in the situation rather than the thing. Um, it's kind of like why I like something like This War of Mine, which isn't about the soldiers fighting. It's about the people who are surrounded by war and how they have to survive it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Like it's it's um oh, I forget who says this. Like it reminds well, so it reminds me of what um Herrick Lukacs says about um uh, Tolstoy is that like Tolstoy is um a wonderful sort of author in uh unveiling the 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 way society works because Tolstoy um you know can lay bare social relations insofar as like he is able to uh, show it in like a conversation. So he uses the example, I'm sure I've said this multiple times in this podcast, but it's a great example. <laughs> he uses an example of, um, I think I think this is in Realism and the Balance, the, the essay. Uh, Lukács points to this example in Tolstoy where uh, a character is talking to uh, the wife of a prosecutor and, and begging for sort of clemency for his uh, client. He's a, he's a defense attorney and the prosecutor's wife says like, Oh, well, you know, I don't know. Like my, my husband's very busy. Like, I'm not sure you could do it. She goes, Hey, there is this party. Like I, I like to do things for my friends. So maybe you can come to the party. And Lukács points out like, you know, like the actual sort of like gears and levers of how the society works are revealed in this like immediate moment. And he goes into this in um, the historical novel too, but this idea that like everything that is important about the world takes place in the sort of like um, interstitial moments between these, these sort of like great battles and things like that, 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 you know, like looking at the survivors or looking at the people who have to live through this day by day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I think that totally makes sense. And so you might see where I'm going then with where I think video games tend to fail is that video games place a lot of focus on the zombies and the fighting of the zombies. And like zombies exist in video games, not to be usually not to be a background against which we see how humans respond to trauma, but to be a fodder enemy. Hmm. Yeah, I guess like one thing I'd ask, and 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 this is sort of something that's always 
kind of gripped me about the idea of of zombie games, right, is what is the alternative? Because, like, you get stuff like the survival horror elements, like in like in Residents Evil uh, one through three. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that is sort of like the the zombie is meant to scare you. And then, you you know, you fire too many shots at it or something and you, you're just like, oh, God, like now I don't have enough ammo to to deal with, like the really powerful whatever that I'm going to come up with in the next, you, you know, the, the real enemy or the scary thing is, is the lack of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and similarly, like, you know, something like. um something like house of the dead or, or whatever as a rail shooter is like, is just like mowing them down. Like you said, like they're, they're, they're a, they're a mob. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder like, what is the alternative in a zombie game? Like, is there a way for a video game to actually sort of like access what you were talking about in terms of, I don't know, like in terms of thinking about like the, the sort of like interstitial identity, or is it always going to be focused on the, you know, the, the, the hero or heroine? Yeah, well, I, so I don't necessarily think it's always bad in the case of like, you know, like games are not necessarily always as fully narrative focused. They can be very experiential focused. And in that way, a game like Resident Evil does see it as just an experience for the player. But I don't think that games like that fully utilize like what zombies have historically represented in the same way. And I think that becomes a problem when you get to something like The Last of Us 2, which Mm. wants to be the, you know, the serious game about like um, humans, the way humans survive and the way humans interact and the way humans betray each other and the traumas and, you know, but not only functionally when you play the game, the majority of your time is just spent killing lots of fodder zombies, but it's also spent killing lots of fodder humans. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good point. So as far as like the answer to like how games can um, utilize zombies more the way movies do, I don't know that I necessarily have that answer. I mean, certainly like if you have the Telltale route, I think the Walking Dead games are the closest we've gotten so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really hard, right? Because like this is and this is a problem that video games problem. It's probably a problem for the people who listen to a podcast like this that video games have had for a long time, which is like the thing we're best at simulating and as a form of like conflict resolution is just violence. So mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Lots of video games. You have something in front of you and you do violence to it. Right. Yeah. No, no. no. To, to the point that like even when I was a kid, like my dad noticed this and, and kept telling me like, oh, yeah, like Mario's not killing those things. He's knocking them out because like it's just, you know, like the, the the concern is like, are you going to then see everything in your life? And and it, it's, you know, pre earlier time, like just but the, the concern of like pure mimesis was still there. Um, yeah, I think like um, I don't know, like I think it, it's a good question and it's something that, uh, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about um, and I'm, I'm such a such a novice in this still. But like, you know, thinking about things like visual novels. Right. Um and the ways the visual novels could potentially uh, get around this problem insofar as like it takes away the agency of attacking or the agency of violence away from you. Um, and so the, the the way you solve problems is simply by sort of like understanding them better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there are there are specific genres, obviously, visual novels and novels and walking simulators. I still I hate mm-hmm. the name the way we name genres in video games. It's um, not great. <laughs> And um, there's probably more things that we just haven't like there's more space that we haven't managed to um, expand into yet because it doesn't happen very often in games for some reason. But um, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like for a long time, the concept of um, 
hardcore was we, we didn't have like a great way to do that. And then Mirror's Edge came along. So it's possible we'll find more um more ways to express nonviolence as like a a main like ethos in games than just visual novels and walking sims, but yeah, I think like, you know, there 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 is that element of like uh or at least the attempt in um a game like um like Dishonored, right? Where where the the idea of a um the idea of nonviolence does exist. Um but of course it's like typically like it, it boiled into the same way that a Metal Gear Solid game is where it's like, well, ultimately this is uh, a stealth game, and if you choose violence, the problem is you're gonna you're gonna end up with a worse worse uh, a worse um, outcome. Yeah, I, you know, I wonder like how do you see this? How do you see this progressing in films? Like, you sent me like a, a huge list of films when we were, when we were thinking about this. I knew about half of them. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you see this progressing through like film history and thinking about like violence as a um, a method for for solving these problems within the films themselves? So, um, a few of these movies more or less don't have an, a whole lot of violence on the part of the humans just because, like, the humans aren't um, equipped to fight the zombies. Like, Wreck was a movie where mm-hmm. if a person, I don't know if you saw that one, that was... Um, I Yeah, I've seen it a long time ago. Yeah, but, uh... Spanish horror film from 2007 about zombies. Um, in that one, if a person got close to a zombie, they were pretty much already dead. Um, it was mostly about staying away and then running and hiding. <laughs> um, but... yeah. There are definitely like, you know, um, there's a there's a big scene in Train to Basan where they um, they have to fight their way through one of the train cars that has a bunch of zombies in it. And they do that. So it's not that like violence can't be a part of it. But even if you try to make the drama like the focus of your game, just because of the way like we currently or maybe always have to make games where like unless you're Kojima, where like, you know, 80 percent of it is like gameplay sections interspersed with with cutscenes. I don't think that's uh, you know, I don't think that's actually how you have to make games, but that's definitely how we do it now. Um, yeah, well, certainly AAA games. <laughs> yeah. The Last of Us, too. If you look it up on, on YouTube, just like all cutscenes and you watch just the cutscenes, it probably mm. much more resembles a Hollywood movie in this respect. Well, you know, it's funny because like I. I ended up I ended up looking at this when I was when I was playing the Metal Gear games because I was worried about my time for for the book and I was like mm-hmm. oh jeez like how am I gonna get all this done and I was like I wonder if I get like how, what's it like to just watch the cutscenes the cutscene collections for those games are like ten hours long <laughs> and at a certain point it's like okay like what am I what am I doing here like shouldn't I just play the game at this point and a lot of the time like the funny thing about about like cutscene collections is the reason people started calling them full movie I imagine is that you can kind of just watch them and follow the action because like the stuff that happens in between the cutscenes isn't really relevant plot detail a lot of yeah. in a lot of games and that's what happens with T- with the last of us 2 where like minus a couple scripted sections like you're mostly just kind of like going through an area to get to the next cutscene and like taking out a couple humans or zombies on the way and those humans and zombies don't matter at all and then you get to the right. cutscene that's like telling you about how sad it is that she had to kill like a dog or like kill this one person but like you killed three dogs and 10 people on your way there and that's like everyone made that criticism already. I'm not breaking new ground here. I'm just saying like that's I think part of the problem is that we understand games maybe as at least AAA developers understand games as kind of like gameplay sections and then cutscenes. And yeah, then definitely. there's like, you know, so like I said, like if you watch just the cutscenes from The Last of Us 2, it probably more resembles a Hollywood movie in terms of like being about the way the people interact with the sit like engage with the situation they're in rather than 
about the violence, but then the violence kind of inserts itself through the gameplay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And I think like, you know, there's something there's something to be said about about like the the ease of I don't know, like the ease of a critique or like the the sort of like low hanging fruit. Um and also the way that like limiting violence or, or sort of like taking a moment to like point to the player and say like don't you feel bad about this like the, the sort of moralizing violence of something like The Last of Us 2 doesn't really work the same way now that we're thinking about violence right like in the same way that something like the Dawn of the Dead wouldn't work the same way now that we're all sort of like aware of consumerism like like it's <laughs> you know you know it's it's just as profound as the the joke on the Simpsons where they're like well thank God we weren't turned into mindless zombies and this you are watching Fox we are watching Fox like that <laughs> that's Dawn of the Dead like it's it's a very simple like it's a very simple critique but like it works at the time because you know it's it's new it's interesting um i think you know like i'm thinking of um oh boy what's that game called um I'm, it's not dying light I've, that's another uh object but like um oh the one in the mall the one in the mall with like dead rising uh dead rising yeah dead rising works as a as a cultural critique in the way that dawn of the dead does like much later uh but i think it does that because like the violence is so over the top that in fact it just becomes like a, a habitus almost like a place where you have to sort of like exist in the same way that when you're in a mall, it's, it's a habitus of, uh, of, um, you know, things to buy and things that are asking you to buy them and, and, and all. And in fact, like the, the combination of the two. Oh yeah. Dead rising is great in that respect because it creates this effect of like you're running through the mall and you're looking at all these things and they're trying to present themselves as like novel, like things that you should, you know, you should pick up this golf club because, you know, normally it would be because you want to go play golf, which you shouldn't play golf because it's a horrible sport and it takes up way too much space. But anyway, <laughs> um, but in this instance, the only difference is that instead of using it to play golf, you're going to use it to hit a zombie over the head. Right, right. Yeah. And it's it's like it's um, it's 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 one of those things where like you, you start you start almost like looking at the shelves to to uh, like like almost window shopping uh -huh. <laughs> to find the right thing it's like oh do i want a tv or do i want like I want something smaller like yeah. oh, geez what am i going to use to kill it 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 is the sort of um i think like you know one of the things that uh I, I feel happens a lot now especially and i said this on episode 200 but like i'll say it again here assuming that not everyone listens to every episode because that's um just too much hubris uh but you know, like the 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 idea of, um, you know, like the anti-capitalism becoming almost too easy. Right. Like the the idea of doing uh, Snow Snowpiercer, the series or whatever. Right. Like mm -hmm. it is it is something that has become defanged in a point where people could say, like, capitalism sure is not not like helping people out. And everyone says, yeah. And then, you know, it's like means testing is the is the answer to save capitalism or whatever. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, what I what I think is is interesting about anti-capitalist work and, and violence is when you kind of like shift the two and make it make both banal and, and easy by like, you know, comparing them. Right. And so like, that's, what's interesting about Donna did. It's also what's interesting about dead rising in that, like they become so every day, like the idea of killing something becomes as every day as the idea of choosing a product. And then you're, you're forced to sort of say like, wow, that's like, that's weird how both of those are 
really ordinary to me, but maybe shouldn't be. Um, but like that sort of like that insight, right, is unique to that game and not replicatable. And I, I feel like one of the one of the issues with zombie media is it assumes the the Romero model. I mean, I'll, I'll just say that I think like the Romero model and then sometimes like the 28 days later model is eminently, you know, repeatable. You can just kind of like throw it at the wall and it works uh, if you kind of like put it in a different setting or put it at like, you know, now it's a comedy, now it's a drama, now it's a TV show. Um, and that to me anyway, is where the exhaustion comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, trying to think of a smart thing to say. <laughs> no, no, don't. I, you've said a lot of smart things. Um, so what, um, You've talked about your favorite zombie movie. What are some zombie movies? And you don't have to name them if you don't want. I know this is not everyone's favorite thing to do. But, like, are there any zombie movies that you know that, like, just, in in your opinion, miss the mark? Uh, I mean, to some degree, several of the movies that I already named. Like, I, I, I think, like, for example, The Earth Ice Screaming is maybe a little less, you know, or, like, The King of, Zombie, King of the Zombies is maybe a little less interesting than some of the other movies I've mentioned. Um, definitely, like, World War Z. I think the book is less interesting to me than um a lot of other zombie fiction and then i think the movie is like a worse adaptation of the book um but even <laughs> then it's just like i'm such a mark for horror shit that like you know there's a reason that like every horror fan loves like bad horror movies is just like you know you, you toss even the worst garbage in front of me and i'll watch it yeah no and that's true i think like you know there's something this is also the problem with like cozy mysteries and, and and a lot of genres that that rely on, you know, being happy with with sort of like the same. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I will watch every cozy and cottage mystery that you throw at me. And the reason is because I know what's going to happen. And some of them are good and some of them are ordinary or even bad. And it's like it doesn't really ultimately matter. Like I'll take note of the really good ones. I'm like, wow, that's like super interesting. Um, <laughs> but like I'll also just watch the bad ones. And I think that's the same thing with with horror as well, where like, you know, the bad ones are eminently watchable because they they hit certain beats. I guess like the the question I have for you and and just this is just thinking about the the idea of genre fiction as as a sort of like malleable sort of um, social commentary, like if familiarity is the name of the game in a certain way. Right. How do we mobilize that to get people to think, you know, outside of their own sort of like lived or familiar experiences um like it, it's weird right because like i know what you're asking and like i was in my immediate thought was to point to like so many uh, like modern zombie movies are about the same like universe like you know like global cultural fears like specifically mm. um disease and capitalism that um and like sometimes government um, control or like, you know, shadow agencies like this, you know, CIA and such. But like every these are all fears that kind of every country has. So like there's definitely some way that you could use the the like the fact that zombies are a or any other, you know, subgenre of any any um, like, you know, pulpy genre type of thing. Um, you could yeah. use that to say like, um, well, zombies are like a comfortable thing that we understand. So now we can put them in this new context and then that will help people understand a problem in the global south. Um, but the problem is right now, at least the biggest problem facing the global South is also capitalism and, and colonialism from capitalism. And, you know, so it's really hard to point to like an example, because like if I watch a horror movie made in South Korea or Spain or uh, Thailand, Thailand has a lot of great horror movies. Um, they all kind of like seem to be representing the same cultural fears right now. So, yeah. And I think, you know, no, that's a really interesting point, because like 
they are representing the same cultural fears, but it's it's extremely easy, and I've been guilty of this as well, to to look at something like a horror movie in in you know set in a place that is not America and say like oh wow like it's it's exactly the same as what I'm experiencing like this mm-hmm. is this is just what I experience um as opposed to like recognizing that there are distinctive elements in 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 all of these things and in fact like just happening to live in under capitalism does not make it like the same uh it, it is in fact different in its own specific way and 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 privy to the like its own sort of um pressures but like of course genre fiction makes us forget that right like it's mm-hmm. it's an easy thing to say like oh well, it, it all fits right like this fits the the mold so i understand what it is um i think this is like this is what happened with Par- with um uh parasite where like people watched it and then you had like celebrities being like parasites so about trump isn't it <laughs> it's like i don't know like i don't i don't think it is um yeah well like so like parasite is a slightly easier example to point to than, than trying to miss on where like some of the implications of what being poor under capitalism means in South Korea are different to what it means in the United States. But the like the overarching message is still like very relatable, right? So like mm-hmm. I I've never lived in the specific like kind of like apartment that the characters live in in um in that movie, for example. But I have lived in shitty apartments. They're just they're diff- right. different in the United States than they are in, in South Korea. Yeah, that's really interesting because like it is it is this matter of similarity, right? Um, uh like the sense of trying to think like almost comparison or or um like a metonymic similarity where you sort of have like you say like yeah we're not this is not the same thing but there is a part to this that represents a whole that we can all recognize hmm. um you know that that's something that i think like maybe even in parasite it's 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 easier to notice because parasite doesn't uh isn't as much a genre film and in fact genre films are always doing that sort of metonymic logic as well where it's like yeah this you know like it's a you recognize the genre like i mean this is what quentin tarantino has like based his entire film career off of right like the aesthetic um elements of the genre uh speak to a kind of like i don't know like uh, vocabulary that exists um easy enough to grasp um that you can then understand the film via uh in the case of parasite it's more of a social vocabulary but yeah um yeah no that's that's super interesting yeah like if anything as an American, I mean, the weird, the weirdest thing in Train to Busan to me culturally is that they just have like, like nice, fairly nice public transit that goes across the entire country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even get like good public transit Crazy. to like the state over. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, so let me ask you this. What is the, so we've sort of gone through some of the, the potential downfalls of, of the zombie, the zombie genre. Um, in terms of its current moment in, in, in history, like, what do you think? So I'll, I'll let you answer in whatever genre you want to begin with, but I definitely ultimately want to hear your thoughts on video games. So whether you want to start there or warm up on film or whatever, that's, that's totally fine. Um, but like, what is the, what's the promise of, of, of this genre? Like, what can it, what can it do at this point? Ah, uh, well, I definitely don't think we've started the era of um, zombie movies that somehow represent climate change. I don't yet know what that looks like, but mm. I think it's coming. Um, sure. This, the, the contagion um, thing is weirdly more relevant than ever right now, even though it started, you know, in the 90s, mostly. But uh, I think we're going to have like a new wave of those if we haven't already. Um, I haven't been out to the movies recently because of... <laughs> because of all the contagion. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if there's been any good zombie movies that are out 
in the past like 12 months I haven't seen him yet um but yeah like I don't know it's weird because like it's hard to imagine what the the cultural like fears or ideals of like the era where the cultural fears aren't like capitalism are because it's hard to you know like Fisher it's hard to imagine like what a world you know like outside of (laughs) capitalist realism or whatever but yeah i mean and it's interesting because of course we have uh soviet films that express a certain kind of horror i think you could you could very easily sort of describe battleship potemkin as a horror story um if you wanted to uh but yeah i think like yeah i think the 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 elements you're talking about there right like there is this sort of potentiality for the for the genre that maybe we can't quite see in our own sort of like blinkered immediate state, you know, whether it's because of sort of Fisher's capitalist realism or, you know, the Hegelian sort of, uh, you know, you can't see the, you know, the, 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 the owl of Minerva flies at, at dusk. Like you can't actually see the, the ruins of history that you live in until you're outside of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I do think, um, you know, I think either way, there is this vocabulary within the genre that is a sort of, um, I don't know, that is like sort of a, a an element of uh, progressive uh, aesthetic thought that maybe just hasn't been activated yet. Um, that totally makes sense to me. That's really interesting. Uh, do you see the same kind of like opportunity in video games or are we still sort of like going to be tethered to the stake of violence that kind of keeps us running in circles it's weird right like i like to imagine that at some point there might be like video games that aren't like or at least it won't be like the majority of video games aren't solely about like solving your problems through you know like violence direct physical conflict but at the same time like outside of the forms we've already arrived at you know like I guess, like, to me, it's like, um, I'm trying to imagine, like, a filmmaker in the 40s who just, you know, started watching or just started making, like, you know, the kinds of movies they're making in that era would never arrive at something like being John Malkovich as something like you could do with film. And that's what, you know, like, what I think, like, me trying to project the future of video games is, I guess, like, I'd love to be the person Mm. who figures out, like, the, the answer to that issue. If you consider it to be an issue, but right. I don't, I'm, I'm at least not that person right now. No, I mean, that, that's perfectly reasonable. I've, I've given you an impossible uh, request and you've certainly, you've, you've done all you can with an impossible request, which is explain why it's impossible. So <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, all right. So I'll give you a softball for, for, for sort of my last question, but we can also keep talking. It doesn't, I'm, I'm happy either way. Um, but here's the softball. What is your favorite uh, zombie uh, video game and why? Hmm. Or one of, I mean, if it's not like your ultimate favorite, you know, whatever, that's fine. Yeah, there's both like, for example, like obviously um, there are multiple Resident Evil games, for example, that I really like. Um, Mm -hmm. There's games that like are like more broad horror, but they have zombie in them, zombies in them. So it's like, do they count as, you know, like... Um, like my, my first instinct is to say, um, probably Resi 2 Remake, but mm. let me refresh my memory on what zombie games exist. <laughs> Just to make <laughs> I mean, sure yeah, I'm not. For sure. You know what, you know what genre I think, even though it focuses on violence, could maybe, um, be like an, sort of an answer to this if, if you did it somehow like differently, um, is like the, um, 
the city builder sim you know like kind of like um this war of mine if it was in zombies instead of war or like something like they are billions is like a really cool zombie game but like the people that you're commanding to like you know huddle up and defend themselves from the zombies if you just took that that and you still maybe had the base building elements but you also had like characters with like personalities who interacted um maybe maybe even like in an abstract way like in the um frost punk way um rather than mm, like actually yeah. named characters either way like that's almost space. like an ex-commy sort of way too there yeah like nameless sort of soldiers uh you could you could imagine a more sort of active version but frost punk's a better example for sure yeah um i think that's definitely an interesting so that imagine i said that to your to your question earlier because um, <laughs> i think that's at least like the next that been how you could try to like change the way zombies are used in video games mm. is yeah use that 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 kind of game and then just give it more of like more meaning in between the the, the base defense element yeah no i mean that totally makes sense and like uh you know you can see the kind of this is a weird way of saying it but you can see the sort of reflected version of this in uh the kind of you know the money grab uh phone app like phone apps right where like um, the, something like, um, so, you know, those, those zombie tower defense games are pure versions of like the zombie grist mill. They don't mean anything. They're just the, the little pixels that, that run at you. But like in seeing that you can sort of look at it and like, you know, dialectically see the other side of it and be like, yeah, actually, you know what, like <laughs> this depersonalization kind of cuts both ways and is sort of pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I forget if that even, oh yeah. Your question was what my favorite zombie games are yeah no i'm looking at the uh, list that was of, a more interesting answer <laughs> yeah i kind of because when i was looking at this list i saw they are billions and then i remembered when i was talking about this more of mine earlier and then oh, i was yeah. like oh that works um yeah no like i mean there's there's like we talked about why dead rising is cool and i, I do think that game's cool even though games with like timers like that often give me like oh it stressed me out so bad um yeah you know like um yeah, there's a lot of like other horror games that I like more than the Resi series, but like zombie games specifically. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe the only thing that competes is I used to play a lot of Left 4 Dead, but that, you know, that's even less interesting in terms of like um, like narrative. It's much more like my, my good memories of that are because of the people that I played it with and, you know, the, the experiences that we had of that together. You know, like funny moments or cool moments or just like bonding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's actually Left 4 Dead's a really interesting one too because you 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 essentially become the survivors in in a in a in a way that you don't you know in a, in a non pathos driven way I would say mm-hmm. um, yeah I think like you know the Telltale uh, uh, games are of course like you know notable um, and 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 far be it for me to say otherwise but like there is something kind of unspoken about Left 4 Dead where like yeah, you're just kind of you click in with those with that group of people and those are your people and you get to play like, you know, four humans against the world. And that's another version of the zombie thing that rarely has that sort of like um, experiential uh, uh, quality. Hmm. Yeah. Um, shout out to Zombies Ate My Neighbors, too, just because like. Oh, classic. Not not um, not a very complex game, but I have very good memories of it as a kid. So. <laughs> Oh, me too. The trampoline to get over the fence and oh God. Yeah. The best. Um, well, Scar, thank you so much for being here and talking about this. Is there anything we did not get to that you, 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 you desperately wanted to talk about or not so desperately? I mean, 
Uh, no, I mean, unless you want to start talking about something that isn't zombies. Uh, I think we covered everything I had to say about zombies. <laughs> I, I, I think that's good. I think that it was, was a, I think that was our, that was our goal and that was our plan. And I think we did it. Um, I think that's like, this is, this is, um, this is exciting. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a new way of kind of thinking about aesthetics and, and exactly what I was going for in episode 200. So thank you so much for approaching me with this. Where can, where can people find your stuff? Um, so I'm on Twitch and Twitter and anywhere else that I can get a URL. Um, not yet on YouTube as that, so you'll have to find anything I put on YouTube through Twitter. But um, otherwise, I'm everywhere I can be. I'm Scarlet Miracles with two T's. So I love it. All right, sounds good. Um, well, uh, check out check out Scar's work. Uh, all very very good stuff. Um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, have a good one. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.